This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. If you keep the law, you'll not get into trouble. I've never been pulled over because I was doing the speed limit and given a speeding ticket. And I've gotten many, okay? Hate to admit to it. When you see those lights flashing behind you, if you run, guess what? You're going to get arrested, right? But if you pull over, you're going to get a ticket. Now, if you think that it was wrongful, there's a time and a place to be able to fight that, not sitting in your car and fighting with the cop and trying to take a swing at him, right? It's not going to work out well. And he's saying that, listen, man, whoever keeps a command will know no evil thing. And the wise at heart will know the proper time and the just way to oppose it. It says in verse 6, for there's a time and a way for everything. All the man's trouble lies heavy on him. So if you want to dispute a speeding ticket, for example, okay, those of you who speed, no, I'm kidding. Speaking to myself. Um, yeah, it's going to be a pain to go to court and to wait all day and to try and fight that ticket. But there's a time and a place to be able to do it and to oppose authority and to use it in today's context. Okay? For those that are fighting for justice, there's a way to do it. Right? Um, there have been people who have gone before us who fought for justice. I come from a country where we won our freedom from the British without firing a single bullet. And it was through nonviolence. It was without rioting. It was in the way of peace. It's kind of crazy how we oftentimes don't look at the wisdom that God gives. And because of that, like it says in the book of Psalms, we, we don't refrain from anger, we give in to anger. And we don't forsake wrath, we respond to wrath. We don't say, I'm not going to fear. We give in to fear. But the word of God says, perfect love will cast out fear. And we only find ourselves in evil. It can be very inconvenient to respond to your duty to your country the way God calls you to. But when we respond that way, we're recognizing the sovereignty of God. Verse 7 says, For he does not know what is to be. For who can tell him how it will be? Solomon is shifting gears without putting in the clutch. And it's very annoying. It grinds gears a lot. <laughs> What's he talking about out of the blue? For he does not know what is to be. For who can tell him what it will be? He's talking about a person that is not recognizing the sovereignty of God. And is not submitting to leadership. He doesn't recognize that God is sovereign. And no matter who the leader is. No matter how powerful he is. That there is coming a day when there will be judgment. There is an end to all of this. There is an end to this when every person will have to stand before God and have to give an account for the way he treated leadership that was over him. There is a time for everything, including judgment. A wise person will know that judgment is coming, even though we do not know when this is going to come. Right? We don't know when it's going to happen. But we do know that there is judgment coming. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2, for yourselves, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there's peace and security, then suddenly destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. Listen to me, please. It's very easy for us to be swayed by the threats of various different communities. For us to take a stand that seems like we're standing up for justice but in the process ignore God's sovereignty in everything that we do and say we have to trust the sovereign plan of God and even when things don't go the way we want it to go we have to know that there's a day coming when every man will stand before God and will have to give an account we have to trust these leaders these authorities these people that wear their badges and abuse their power we've got to trust the sovereignty of God man I've been a victim of police brutality in India wrongfully accused 
And I can choose to live in bitterness and insecurity, or I could choose to stand in the presence of my mighty king and know that one day each and every one of them will stand before God. In fact, the more I recognize that, the more it makes me cry out for peace on those people who are abusing those people who are poor, those people of different races, those people of different religions, because it's going to be terrible. It's going to be frightening for them when they stand before God. A wise person will submit to the government because there is a time for judgment. So yes, God in his sovereign plan has appointed leaders. Some are good, some are bad. But we need to recognize that we have an obligation to serve our government, recognizing that God is above all. It says in Romans chapter 13 verse 1, if it's your Bible, you might want to underline this, especially when we go through times like this. Romans chapter 13 verse 1, let every person, some translations will say every soul, let every person that's breathing, let every person be subject to the government's authority, to the governing authorities. Why? For there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Now you can think that, oh sure, Paul is writing this when he was a Roman citizen. He's having a great time. Let me remind you, this is, he's writing this when, when Caesar is the one, when Nero is the one that's ruling the people. And he was a wicked, wicked ruler. And Paul is saying, listen, submit to authority. Because God is sovereign over all. Verse 2 in Romans 13 says, Therefore, whoever resists the authorities, resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. Man, that's kind of crazy. Like I told you earlier, one of our, your commitment to, to saying yes to Jesus is saying yes to submitting to your authority. The family, your family, the church, and the state are three institutions that God has placed in society to restrain evil and to promote social order. Are they going to be perfect? No, no they're not. <laughs> because we have people like Levi, right? Sorry, Levi, I'm joking. Because you have people like me, and you have people like you. God has appointed the family, the church, and the state to, to restrain evil and to promote social order. But we need to recognize that even though it's not perfect, there's someone who's perfect above it all, who is watching over it all, and that's our sovereign almighty God. There are people who will use power for bad and some for good, but God is sovereign over all. See how God's sovereignty is greater than man's authority. See how it plays out. How God's sovereignty is so much more greater than any president's authority, any pastor's authority, any policeman's authority. Watch this. Verse 8. No man has power to retain the spirit. He's going to talk about four things over here. Okay, and I'm sorry, I'm going to pause and the slides are going to change back and forth. No man has power to retain the spirit. In other words, no one can keep someone's spirit. When it's your time to go, guess what? No one can say no. When it's your time for you to breathe your last, it's gone. No man has the power to retain your spirit. And he says, or power over the day of death. No man can take your life when it's not your time. Uh, you know, a few months ago, or a couple of years ago now, when we're going through the book of Acts, I was talking about how we're invincible. Life and death is not in the hands of the government. It's in the hands of the Almighty God. And God has determined how many days you will be here on this earth. You see how God's sovereignty is much more greater than man's authority? And while we are believers living in civil unrest, we're still invincible because of God's sovereignty. When it's time for you to go, no man can say no. When it's time for you to stay, no man can say go. And then he continues the third one. He says, there's no discharge from war. Once again, Solomon's changing gears, man. 
He's going off into, you know, an analogy over here. There's no distach from war. What is he saying? He says, listen, man, this, this life we're living, it's, it's warfare. This life we're living, in fact, the start of this year, I said, this is a year for spiritual battle and warfare. Do you guys remember that? I said, this is a year where we're going to bear much fruit, but it's not going to come easy. This is going to be a year where we're going to have to fight, but our battle is not against flesh and blood. I'm excited for us to come back again, not so that we can actually get back to hugging and saying, oh, brother, how great to see you. I'm excited for us to come back again and recognize that we're in warfare and for us to continue to wage this war well because it's hard for you to sit in your living rooms and to fight this war. God did not create us for us to live in isolation. In fact, the book of Hebrews says, do not forsake coming together. In doing so, many have died. This is warfare. And who knows, maybe, maybe the fruit that God promised us at the beginning of this year is going to be not in number of size, but in the number of depth, in the number of, in, in the way we grow deep into his presence. And God's word says, there's no discharge from this war. When it comes time for this battle, no authority, no president can sign and say, you know what, man? I want you to sit this battle out of life and death. <laughs> no one can do that. God is the one that's large and in charge. And the fourth thing he says is, nor will wickedness deliver those who are given to it. People often can use wicked means, bribery, to... Uh, you know, to live an easy life. People can use uh, bribery to even get away from a death sentence, right? And they can think that they're elongating their life. They can think that they are getting along a life. But God's word tells us that no one, no amount of wickedness can deliver them from this sovereignty of God of saying, it's your time to live, it's your time to die. It's in God's hands. Yes, there are people who are powerful. Some use it for bad. Some use it for good. But who's sovereign over it all? Our King Jesus. He's sovereign over it all. The second thing that Solomon's going to say, you tracking with me? Yeah. Amen. The second thing Solomon's going to say, not only does, do you have a, uh, you know, you have, to, you have a duty to your country, but your country also has a duty towards you. Your country has a duty towards you. Um, it's easy for us just to, you know, as believers sometimes, to just to say, hey, listen, we need to submit to the country, we need to submit to our leaders, um, and, and fail to recognize that the country that God's placed you in also has its duty towards its citizens. And we as believers need to have a voice in, uh, being a in, in calling the country to perform its duties. We're getting to the good part now for those of you who are like, yes, let's, you know, walk down the streets or whatever you want to do. Okay, it's going to be good. Um, is there a time in the life of a believer to disobey the government. What do you guys think? Is it a time? Yeah? Some people say yes, some people say no. We're going to fight in this church and this church is going to be split over this. I'm kidding. Hold on. I need more people here to laugh at my jokes, man. This is crazy. Is there a time for us as believers to disobey the government? You know, oftentimes you hear this in America, the separation of church and state. And oftentimes when um, they're trying to write a, a law or a rule about marriage and, you know, baking cakes and stuff like that, they're like, oh, separation of church and state. Um, I, and I tried to understand this as much as I could. I had to write this whole exam, man, this whole test for me to become an American citizen. So I had to study some of these things. Um, this was, you know, written and this is used um, not to keep religion out of politics. This is written to keep politics out of religion. This is to keep the government out of telling us how we can worship, who we can worship, when we can worship, and what way we want to worship, and how long we want to preach, and what we want to preach. And, and, and if, if we can carry this word or not, and live according to this word or not, um, that's what a separation of church and state is. It's to, it's to keep 
the government out of our freedom to be able to worship our risen Savior Jesus. But there are times when the government will infringe on our rights in being able to worship in spirit and in truth. In being able to worship with what God has ordained for us to, to, to live like our lives to be worshipped. Sometimes they will step on our toes. And I believe there is a time for a believer to put his foot down and to say no. Let me give you a few examples. Um, in 1850, the Civil War. Love watching documentaries on this. Love reading about this. Um, it's fascinating. The stand that believers took in saying no to slavery. We cannot say yes to We cannot do that. They are human beings and they have rights just as we. Yes, they look different. And not just in America, but around the world, you have Christians standing up for the right of other people. There is a time for us to put our foot down and to wage war if we have to, to fight for the rights of other human beings. Um, in 1930, when Hitler was killing the Jews, it was the Christians that took a stand and said, no, we will hide the Jews. And many of them were even and killed for the sake, beaten, tortured. Corrie Boom is one of them. In the Bible, we see Pharaoh writing out a decree saying to all the midwives, when a Hebrew child is born, if it's male, kill it. But it says they disobeyed the orders of Pharaoh and God was pleased with them and blessed them. Crazy. Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 3, he erects a gold uh, statue of himself and says everybody should worship. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, we would not. And they were put in the furnace for it, but God rescued them. There's a time for us to put our foot down. Uh, what about the New Testament, Acts chapter 4, when a decree was written or the Sanhedrin said, hey, listen, you guys cannot preach Jesus anymore. I said, we cannot do that, man. We cannot do that. And if they obeyed the government, you and I wouldn't be sitting in the freedom that we have right now. The freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. There is a time for civil disobedience. Solomon's going to start with an illustration of a broken government. Of a government that doesn't perform its duties to its citizens. And then we see what happens when the government doesn't do its duty. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. Join us this Sunday at the Living Church Boise. Service and address can be found on our website, www.thelivingchurchboise.com. Visit our website for service time and address.